What is up, everybody? It is Curtis and Colin back with you on the Kurt and Bob show. Bob is taking a leave of absence here today. Uh, busy, busy week ahead for the boys. Got a lot on his plate, so I uh, figured we'd bring Colin in to, to give, him, give him a rest here. So uh, Bob is charging up. Colin, welcome back. Always good having you. Great to be here. Uh, I know all the viewers are disappointed not to hear Bob's lovely voice, <laughs> but I will hope to fill his shoes. Definitely. Oh, definitely. We will. We will be more than efficient uh, here, and we actually have some fun here. So, a shame Bob's been—he's stuck through the whole off season and the whole preseason. Now, the first episode that we can actually get into some some futures and regular season, he is yeah. he's off the mark. But hey, that's all right. We'll we'll have fun regardless here. So, as we always do, right off the top, just get the headlines out of the way here. Uh, number one headline I wanted to bring up is congrats to the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens have not lost a preseason game in six seasons now. I think it is 23 straight. So John Harbaugh, class act in the preseason. What do you think, Colin? Best preseason coach of all time. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, Man, that's got to that's gotta suck to get cut, you know? Like you got 90 guys, everyone's hyped up, you're winning every week, and you still got to cut the roster down to 53 from, from that much. That's got to be yeah. brutal. That can't be fun. <laughs> yep. Riding the high all August long. But, uh, yeah, with with that, honestly, a good transition into so a couple of big names getting cut, one of which on the list uh, that I uh, sent out this morning has now been signed. We'll start with him. Kenyon Drake, cut from the Raiders. Uh, we've got... Josh Jacobs leading that backfield, and then, of course, uh, yours and Bob's boy, Zeus, Zamir White, right behind him now, it seems like. So uh, what do you think of the Kenyon Drake cut? I definitely thought he was really efficient last year, So, but I can understand why they did it since they have the young blood behind him. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I am surprised because he's a recognizable name, mm-hmm. and he has had some good years, but like you said, they do have Zamir White coming up, there's a little bit of, can Josh Jacob prove it this year to get another contract? Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just trying to put all their options out on the floor, on the floor and see who steps up. And obviously, Kenyon Drake wasn't a part of those plans. Yeah, so I, it, that's really what it seems like, and that's kind of the sad story of a lot of these cuts. Is sometimes like good good players get cut because you're just the odd man out. Um, one of the easiest things for me to relate that to is the Dolphins receiver room. We cut, uh, I say we, <laughs> the, the Dolphins cut three rookie or just young wide receivers who had amazing preseasons. Two of them specifically, Braylon Sanders and uh, Car- River Carcraft or Craycraft, uh, they were they were amazing, automatic. They were lighting it up all training camp and all practice. But you know they they got cut. They're hoping to bring them back on practice squad. That whole story. Uh, but, you know, when you got a, a receiver room with Tyreek, Jalen Waddell, like, and Cedric Wilson as your top three, that doesn't leave much room for, for depth there uh, at, at the receiver position. They, you know, they're carrying five into the season. So sometimes that happens. And uh, with that, we'll go right into into the Miami, former Miami Dolphin, now Sony Michelle. He was on the squad this offseason and preseason, and Sony Michelle was cut today, too, and Man, Sony Michel, it's just kind of a, he's he's really become a journeyman now at this point, wouldn't you say? Like it's oh, definitely yeah, it's it's tough because he's he really it feels like he's older than he is. But Sony Michel is what twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen UGA like that. 
Yeah, he was in the 2018 draft class. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I believe I believe you're right because that he was he was still playing at UGA like my my freshman or sophomore year of college when I was visiting uh, when I would like visit UGA and and people would you know oh like Roquan Smith seeing Roquan Smith downtown or seeing players around like Isaiah Wynn I, I I've met him before uh, too once so it's crazy you you just meet those players but yeah Sony Michelle it's he's kind of been a journeyman Patriots uh, what Patriots Rams. Dolphins and now on you know free agent again. I feel like there might be another team in there too. I, I may be missing someone, but um, yeah, you know I I hope he I hope he lands lands on his feet somewhere because yeah that's another case. The Dolphins running back room is just too crowded. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, the ringing back Gaskin from last year, and Salvon Ahmed. So it's you can't justify keeping five running backs on the roster. Just yeah. four is a lot uh, on its own, right? What a what do you th- what do you think for Sony Michelle? Where could you maybe see a good fit for him? Like going to going to run it up. I'm trying to think of any good spots that. Um, I don't know. It's tough because typically teams aren't signing like veteran running backs to be backups. Yeah. You kind of that's the kind of a position you just draft or you get an undrafted free agent or something. Definitely. Um, I mean maybe the Ravens if. They have they, a whole bunch yeah. of injuries again. Oh, and they, they um, always sign. Yeah, who they took on Devonte Freeman, Latavius Murray, everybody last year. And, oh yeah, and uh, that kind of leads us back to Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake earlier today was signed by the Ravens, so the Ravens clearly <laughs> are no stranger to adding running back talent that has you know whether or not proven uh, that has league experience. And Sony Michelle, I definitely I, I agree with you there. The Ravens would be interesting you know it injury the injury bug hits every team you hope it doesn't but it, it always does so he definitely might be one of those waiver wire guys that you know if you're if any your starting running back goes down and you're not too confident with your backup you may bring in sony michelle just to split carries with the backup and see hey can can you still get it going because yeah so, sony michelle you, you were right 2018 first rounder picked 31st so he's Still got a career ahead of him for sure, and a pretty decent body of work uh, on the resume as well. He, you know, had over 800 yards and four touchdowns for the Rams last year on the Super Bowl team. So he's he's definitely no scrub, but just just can't seem to to get that starting job right. So tough tough to I, see, but I think he'll figure it out. I would assume that he will see the field again this year. Definitely. Maybe he won't get signed before Week One because we're getting really down to it now, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I he's definitely gonna be on the team. Yeah, definitely. I, I I agree with you. I think he'll he'll find his way onto some roster some some way or another. Uh, just like you know he was bounced around before. And then uh, last on the and I added this name because I remembered the hype behind this this name. So I wanted to to bring it up here. And that's Kellen Mond cut by the Vikings today. Which it seems like a year ago people were talking about you know. You know, wow, Keller Mond, he's amazing. You know, he was drafted in 2020, I believe. He was in that same class as Tua and Burrow in them. Uh, if, was it Kellen Mond? Yeah, so a 2021, actually, 2021 third round pick. So Kellen Mond's still, I mean, he's he's in his second year in the league. Like, this will, <laughs> this will be his, his second season. So they cut him off a rookie deal, which that's that's pretty brutal, for, especially for a yeah. backup quarterback. I feel like, man, uh, talk about getting 
uh, getting the, the disrespect there, but clearly the Vikings saw something else they liked at backup quarterback uh, with the rest of the QB room. And yeah, Kellen Mond now a free agent. I feel like that's a weird spot, right? Being a second year quarterback, uh, third rounder as a free agent right off the bat. What <laughs> Could you see Kellen Mond sneaking it? You see him pulling a Josh Rosen maybe just bouncing all over the place? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge... I was never a huge fan of Kellen Mond in college. Yeah. And, you know, there was hype for him last year coming out of the mm-hmm. draft and stuff. But, it, obviously, he's going to get a job somewhere. Like, there are guys worse than Kellen Mond that have jobs <laughs> right now. That's true. So, That's true. <laughs> I mean, someone will pick him up to be practice squad QB. Mm-hmm. Then they'll bump him, bump him up to the backup. And he'll he'll stay around for a little while. Yeah, I feel like that's the case too. It just goes to show there's only th- only 32 quarterback jobs. You know, it's not like receiver where you know you might you get cut, you get picked. You know, OBJ, great, ex- you know, going bouncing around. You can be the number two guy. You can do this, Allen Robinson, just this off season. But Kellen Mond, yeah, there's no no patience. I guess um, I feel like we're definitely in a point in the league too where teams are much less patient with quarterbacks uh, compared to. You know, probably when both of us were much younger with Rodgers, Manning, Brady, you know, the the golden boys coming up because uh, yeah. it, it really seemed like, you know, I, I still remember as a kid watching Sam Bradford year after year thinking, how are they still like saying, oh, this guy's developing. He's, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it seemed pretty obvious to me that he was not uh, not it in the NFL. But, you know, that's. <laughs> I guess you learn you learn from that, and that's why NFL teams are so quick to move on now. And the quarterback position is just you know you don't really have time to time to mess around anymore. You got to find your Patrick Mahomes, right? That's the pressure put on every team is you got to find your guy, and if he's not it, move on to the next because because yep. we we know the Mahomeses are out there, or so they say. But <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it for any of the the cut news there. Uh, do want to just touch on Brian Robinson, uh, rookie running back from Alabama. He's with the Commanders now. He he was shot in as a victim of a carjacking this weekend. He's entirely okay. Uh, Ron Rivera saw him the day that it happened. The head coach went to visit him. Entirely okay. I <laughs> I heard that he was shot in the butt, which is apparently the best place if that's gonna happen you know less the least amount of damage so you know credit credit to to god looking down on him because that's that's definitely a a lucky lucky break and you know hate to see it because he was really coming up the depth chart this preseason he he was looking really good but uh ron rivera definitely still confident that he will come back better than ever and be able to play this season uh which could be interesting because the commander's running back room is kind of a question mark. Would you say, are you a big uh, Antonio Gibson fan? You, you, full faith? Well, I was uh, for the last couple of years, but I mean, I'm sure that you've seen that there's a lot of kind of rumors and, and mm-hmm. stuff being swirled around about him being taken down on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. He's out practicing with like the special teams. Yeah. And so, there's reason to believe that he's not going to be the number one guy. He's had fumbling issues previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's what this is, like him being taken down the depth chart is related to, but mm-hmm. I mean, J.D. McKissick is uh, serviceable at, oh, <laughs> at the definitely. least. He's pretty, he's, he is very good. Yeah. Um, 
and then obviously Brian Robinson was making some noise too mm-hmm. in training camp and in the preseason. So this is it's tough for Mr. Robinson, um, but I I think we're going to see him this year towards the end. Yeah, and maybe for he'll uh, he'll make some noise for sure. For sure, hearts out to him for a quick speedy recovery there. And from what Ron, Ron Rivera and you know any other team personnel has said it does look like he will be entirely fine and and back on the football field maybe this year but yeah i like what you said about uh antonio gibson because there has been those rumors and i think brian robinson producing that the level he was this preseason was a part of those rumors right you know you get a rookie running back from alabama we've all we've seen this story for the last 10 years whether it's derrick henry mark ingram Najee harris the the list goes on with Alabama running backs. So when you find one and he's making noise in the preseason, uh, he's definitely competitive. So depending on when Brian Robinson is able to return, uh, definitely be looking for, for his name on the box score. Cause I, I, I believe he'll come right back into to that depth chart with, with, with what he showed. Uh, and you know, maybe fantasy owners out there, if he doesn't go drafted in your league, keep, keep an eye on him. <laughs> keep an eye, maybe pick yeah. him up. Uh, pick him up, throw him on IR if you got a spot, and something like that. But uh, yeah, and last headline here: finally, the Jimmy G saga is over. No, <laughs> there's no more question marks. Jimmy G signs a one-year deal with to stay in San Francisco, which just right off the top, no trade clause. He is set to be a free agent for 2023, so it's a very Jimmy G friendly deal. Uh, they're not gonna hold him hostage like like he has been this whole off season with you know oh the trade value is not right this and that uh it's really coming around but do you think uh, is it reading too much into it to think that this may have uh an effect on trey lance uh, on trey lance's start because trey lance is still the starter jimmy g is being re-signed basically to a backup one-year veteran contract but could you see this maybe being a point of contention mid-season Trey Lance has one or two bad games you think Shanahan has the patience to stick with that or if you got Jimmy right there are you, are you just gonna throw him right in we've we've seen it a bunch before I don't think that it's going to affect Trey Lance's spot if I, I read the details correctly it was a restructuring more than like a re-signing um and so I think that that they've been done with Jimmy G for and since the playoffs, really, uh, they've kind of just given that spot to Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, so, barring injury, I don't think that we're going to see Jimmy G um, into being the starting quarterback again this year. Um, I'm interested to see where he'll go next year, though, as a free mm-hmm. agent. That's yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Is I it, think it really is, like you said, a a free agent deal, right? This <laughs> this is a hey, Jimmy mentor. Mentor our boy Trey Lance here for a year, teach him the offense and everything like that. Um, Jimmy will be, I believe, let's see, 31, 31 coming into this next NFL season. So he turns 31 in the middle of this season. So definitely could be a, I guess the best comparison would be kind of a, better a little bit better than jared goff right he he can be plugged into a team that but he might be a bridge quarterback that's the proper term for it right uh a a bridge quarterback because i i feel like we've seen everything we need to see from jimmy g and he's definitely better than most if not all backup quarterbacks uh but he definitely struggles in the rankings against some of the current starters in the nfl so he really is in that 
awkward kind of bridge zone. So I'm definitely interested to see where he'll go next year, if it's a rebuilding team or if it is a another young quarterback situation where maybe they're not, you know, the, they don't want to start the QB right off the bat. Um, yeah, the future will be interesting for, for Jimmy here. And it's also going to come down to Kyle Shanahan, right? It's uh, how the 49ers do this year is really going to depend uh, on if there is a decision to be made with Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Because I feel like if they just come out the gates and they're just stinking it up, like one in five or something, you, you might say, hey, uh, okay, let's, let's, let's get Jimmy in here. <laughs> We're trying to get a wild card spot at least. We're trying to... We're trying to win. You know, they just got Debo on that big contract. They've got Kittle to worry about here coming up soon. Um, so they ha- they have the pieces to be competitive. So it's going it, to, it w- could get awkward if it's a string of games where Trey Lance doesn't play bad. But, but I agree with you. I, I think if Trey Lance plays just middle, like right in the middle, they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, letting him develop and letting him learn in the NFL there. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be that'll be good for him to to go forward. So with all that, that pretty much covers all the had anything else that uh stuck out to you this week, Colin, any other headlines or those pretty much wraps us? Well, nothing else, uh like no other headlines or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, back to Jimmy G. I was talking yeah. to uh well, I think he's your friend as well. Griffin Orzek, I was talking to him last yeah, time. Yeah. He's probably a nice friend, your friend as well. And we were talking about Jimmy G and uh we both mentioned how the Giants were a team that you're kind of surprised oh, didn't I take a run at Jimmy G because mm-hmm. you you've got Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones is kind of he's a, a very controversial topic among yeah. fans and and pundits and such. Uh, how good is he? Is he worth keeping him and stuff? So I would have liked to see Jimmy G on the Giants, maybe see what mm-hmm. that team could do because uh, they do have some weapons that are being underutilized. Oh, definitely. Um, Obviously, new offense coordinator this year. We may see a, a new Danny Dimes, who's just yeah lighting the world on fire. New head coach too, and Dayball. Like they, who knows? Maybe Dayball gives Daniel Danny Dimes the Josh Allen treatment, or yeah. Dayball gets sick of Danny Dimes, and by the <laughs> off season says, "I didn't draft this guy. We're going with him. <laughs> we're, we're getting my guy in here." So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he could land uh you know i'll say this i would definitely rather have jimmy g on my roster than have joe flacco be my backup right now for, for, yeah. for if, I, if i'm the, yeah. if i'm the jets or uh or i mean even carolina losing sam darnold now but i would rather jimmy g over sam darnold like he definitely has a place in this league because a lot of these quarterbacks towards the bottom and have been in a lot of controversy and still find a way into a starting job or at least a backup job with a QB competition. So I think Jimmy will work, work his way out somewhere along the line here. It'll be, be interesting to see how it pans out. So uh, with that, we will get into the, I guess, the overreaction of preseason being over now. We've all watched a couple preseason highlights or games, whatever, uh, and we are now ready to make our personal playoff pictures here <laughs> what we think the playoffs will end up with because nothing could possibly change between now and the end of the season right so <laughs> i'm sure we will be dead on with these playoff predictions uh <laughs> so with that colin i'll let you start us off who do you see as the number one seed uh for the afc and nfc who do you have number one seed for the afc i have uh, bobby and i's adopted buffalo bills 
All they did was get better. They did lose their offensive coordinator like we talked about, um, and that does worry me a little bit. But possibly the best roster in the AFC, possibly the best roster in the NFL. Hard for me to bet against the Bills. Fair. They're my number one seed in the AFC. In the NFC, um, I'm not going to lie. I did have a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough over there. Which team was going to come out of the scrum here? Mm-hmm. If I could give 100% of my confidence to Matthew Stafford's elbow, it would be Rams for me, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I could do that. There's also, like, the Packers could repeat as number one seed. Yeah. But no Devontae Adams. And Aaron Rodgers has been talking all preseason about how the wide receivers are untrustworthy. Yeah. Not in the right spot. He, he has been grilling the wide receivers this offseason. And Rodgers oh has been grilling them. <laughs> and to go on a little Aaron Rodgers candidate, he's, like, the best quarterback in the league. But he also did not show up to any of the team, like, the optional team workouts or anything in the offseason. I know we talked about that in the yeah. previous episode. So I think he graduates why? that. I, 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 he's like Brady, you know, Brady level. Like there, I get, I get what you're saying. I get, I get what you're saying because you got all these young guys and you know the receiving core is going to be rusty. So it would be beneficial to go to OTAs. Uh, but I, as a veteran, I guess you're just like, all right, I've seen enough of this. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I this mean, offense. There's no excuse. They got to do their job. Yeah. But, I think it would have been a good move for Aaron Rodgers to go. Back to the the number one seed. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I guess. Okay, I like uh, that. Tom Brady's finally back from his two weeks sabbatical for who mm-hmm. knows what reason he left. Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to bet against that guy and that team. They're gonna lose a couple yep. games to the Falcons this year, obviously. <laughs> obviously, um, obviously. But I think they're gonna get the number one seed in the end. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like that Bucks pick as a number one seed there too. And obviously this is going to come down to strength of schedule, which strength of schedule is also hilarious. People talk about it all the time. But I think the only time it is appropriate to talk about strength of schedule is in weeks 16 through 18. People come in week one, oh, they have the hardest schedule. But we don't. You don't know that. Well, there, there is so much that changes in the NFL. Like not even weekend after weekend, but just day by day. So. You know, injuries happen, trades happen, upset players and everything, you know, coach firings, all of that happens and can have a huge impact on the end of season strength of schedule. So I know people are saying the Bucks have a, a strong one, but I'm not that that commentary to me is, is worthless because we're we're going into week one. You know, it's if if we could all pick our team's record uh at the start of the season everyone around the nfl if you're a modest you know reasonable fan everyone in the nfl would say their team is going 11 and 5 or 11 and 6 you know like that's oh uh, okay we have a couple losses here but we'll we'll win 11 so that's (laughs) that's what everyone's you know rational brain thinks but at the end of the day there's always a team that's going to be like the Jaguars last year where even though they won their last game, they were still the first-round draft pick because they were that bad, you know. So that will happen. And, uh, yeah, with with that, I'll go NFC. I on- honestly had this had the same as you. I, I can't bet against that man. I can't do it. I, I, just, I just can't do it. I, Tom Brady, number one, I think there's been enough of a stir in the NFC. I don't think the Cowboys are competitive at all this year. They have lost so much of their offensive line. Their receiving core 
and they haven't done anything to replace it. They took one guy out of they took one guy in the first round who had the most penalties as an individual player in college football to replace their offensive line that's already plagued with penalties. Now they're you know they're down Tyron Smith. They're they lost Connor. You know the Cowboys I think might be in for a rude awakening this year and Jerry Jones is really going to have to look at the board and, and make some big decisions during or in the next offseason. I, I have a hard time seeing them going too far. I obviously could be wrong, but I'm not a huge Cowboys guy this year and I'm sorry to my dad because, you know, I've, I've told him the last couple of years, I'm like, Dad, you have the roster. Like, this is great. You You are so stacked and then the Cowboys always figure out a way to blow it and I think this year might be the residual of that, you know, it, you can't go two, three years in a row with great roster, you know, we'll say okay coaching because they've, they've definitely gone through the ringer with coaching, uh, but an amazing roster, like for a couple of years in a row with just solid players at every single position and then blowing it in a playoff game on a couple bad call, you know, that, that has consequences and they may not show immediately, but I think this year might be might be uh what do they say when the when the hens come home to roost right this 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 might be it so i have no faith in the cowboys packers i have about as much faith as aaron Rodgers does in his young wide receivers i'm sure they will develop and they will get that timing down but number one seed i will hold off on that i debated on going really controversial and saying the vikings but i don't want to go that deep because we still have a lot to see from the vikings before before we know so yeah i I agree with you on tampa number one there uh for the afc i i i gotta go the broncos i have to take the broncos here i i I love the broncos i love the broncos coming into this year and i've always been such a stickler on the broncos for the last couple seasons we've got a family friend who is uh you know just the delusional broncos fan oh my god we have the best you know last year he said they were gonna lose two games like and he was dead serious in his eyes like this roster is amazing i'm like teddy bridgewater and yeah i don't know and granted they got a lot of injuries and still went what was it eight nine or nine and eight right but now you have russell wilson you have those receivers who are injured back you have a strong defense still uh i believe weak weak schedule is what they say again ignoring that but (laughs) you know i think everything is pointing in the right direction for denver and russell wilson is that guy i've i've always been a huge russell wilson fan his his whole career, I, I loved him. I remember going on forums when I was like 13, 14 years old when he got drafted. I'd go on this Dolphins page, this forum, and you know people would write up mock drafts, and I would mock draft, and I'd put Russell Wilson in the second or third round, and people were responding like, Russell Wilson, like we could get you know, Andrew Luck or RG3 if we trade all this. So I remember arguing with people <laughs> online about <laughs> Russell Wilson early in my, in my day. Yeah. So I've I've been a huge Russell Wilson fan for forever. So it does come with a bit of bias, but I think he's exactly what the Broncos needed. Javante Williams back there too. He's he's going to have a breakout year, I think. Uh, big fan of his. So I'm I'm excited for the Broncos. So that's that's who I got for for my my one seeds there. Colin, any any criticisms on the Broncos there? <laughs> I don't have any criticisms of the Broncos. Um, they were the home of my favorite son, Drew Locke, for a little <laughs> time. Of course. Uh, I was disappointed to see him go. I was hoping he was going to be able to lead him to the promised land. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think that the Broncos are going to be a, a great team this year. I personally don't have them even winning the division. 
um, in that's a close the risky spot, part. Yeah, <laughs> in a close fought battle, but um, yeah, I, I they're a great team. They they have a lot of potential. It's just going to be time to put it together. Yep, that division is like flipping a four sided coin. Like you, it truly could land anywhere. Like you, <laughs> like we we don't know what is going to happen in the AFC West. Hopefully, injury does not have to do with the outcome. Unfortunately, like historically speaking, that's usually what happens. Uh, but you know, you you hope to get some great competition because these divisional matchups between the AFC West are are going to be playoff games. Like these, this is going to be a fun regular season to watch the AFC West, and I think they should be on the four o'clock or primetime time slots every week. I would gladly, I would gladly watch all of those teams eight times on prime time like i don't care if they repeat it like that division is going to be so so fun and so interesting to watch we're going to find out so much about Derek carr we're going to find a lot about the broncos and if russell wilson is all they needed or if there are some other glaring issues we're going to find out mahomes without tyreek in a brand new receiving core and not to mention the chief you know losing tyreek is one thing the chiefs also lost a lot of defensive weapons this offseason and everyone's kind of glossing over that so the Chiefs, I think, could it could be in a couple closer games, we'll say, because I'm not going to bet against Mahomes either, right? Um, and then the Chargers only got better this offseason, as they've seemed to do every offseason for the last yeah. two or three years. Uh, they, they only get better, and they don't really lose anything, which I don't know how they do it. But they do it. Uh, they do. <laughs> they're, I guess the only blemish on the Chargers is uh, you've got J.C. Jackson starting the year on the PUP list, I think. So he'll miss, he'll miss the first four, four games. So that could leave a hole or two in their defense, which let them down a lot last year. But they have Derwin James back now this year, and he is a game changer on that defense. So AFC West, it's so fun to watch. And, and with that, I think we can go right into the division winners. So I'll let, I'll let you go. Let's go AFC West each year. Obviously, I'm picking the Broncos because I think they're the number one seed. So who do you see coming out of the AFC West here? Uh, it really it hurts me to even have to choose one of these teams. Yeah. Like you said, it's like yep. a four-sided coin. Yep. I'm going to go with the Chiefs again. I don't know how many AFC championships they've been to in a row. I think it's oh, four. Yeah. But can't bet against them it's hard it's, it's hard to <laughs> bet against that team until they start losing some football games yep and uh, i you know like you said they lost a lot but you've got andy reed you've got patrick mahomes you got kelsey still let's i mean yeah i'm still willing to see what they can do and i think it's going to be a division winner uh, absolutely and just to mention on the chiefs as well do you remember last season they were four and four and people the narrative was is the andy reed mahomes era over our, our defense is finally figuring out mahomes is it all afc championship they're all right they're <laughs> they are actually not champion it was Bengals in the championship right but uh but man or they beat the Bengals beat them in that yeah but uh yeah either way the chiefs very hard to bet against but people are always eager to see that downfall because Mahomes has had a very uh very dominant start to his career breaking every record known to man so people are waiting for that downfall to be like ah I knew it I knew he wasn't good but because that's what comes with being the best right that's <laughs> every every player who's been the best or at, been the best at their time in a current sport faces it and it's something that'll never change just just human nature right so uh, I like I like the Chiefs pick there, and 
man, race. They can all four make the playoffs. What if there's <laughs> division winner and all and three wild card spots? That would be crazy. Uh, highly, highly unlikely, but crazy if it uh, did happen. Uh, and with that, we'll go. We'll go right to the AFC North here. For me, this one's pretty easy. I know the Ravens have a lot of people back from injury. But the Bengals, they only got better this offseason. They made it to the Super Bowl with the 31st worth offensive line. They beefed that up a bit. They've got Burrow coming into it. Their defense playing great. I've got the Bengals number one in the AFC North. I would like to agree, but I have the Ravens. I see. I get that, though. I get that. Uh, like you said, a lot is coming back. A oh, lot. Yeah, they a were lot. running like a the lot. third string concession <laughs> guy out there at corner last year towards <laughs> yeah, the end. No not to mention the running back situation. I mean, at some point it's we've got to regress back to the knee and I think this is a really good football team. Um and I've got them winning the division. Bengals will be close. I don't think that the Bengals will be too mad about not winning the division. That seems mm-hmm. like a like staying the kind of underdog seems like something that the Bengals would Yeah. maybe not enjoy, but it would be good motivation for them to they get a nice surge in the playoffs and maybe go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know, wild card spot. If the Ravens win it, I'm sure the Bengals will be in the wild card because I I <laughs> guarantee they'll be competitive. That's for sure. So, no, it, it's Ravens Bengals. I think that's that's the consensus here. Uh, I I really doubt Jacoby Brissett or Josh Dobbs or Josh Rosen or whoever it is for the first 12 weeks of the season or 11 weeks of the season for the Browns will be able to win enough games to where when Deshaun comes back ice cold after 11 weeks off uh, that he'll be able to bring him to the playoffs. We'll, we'll obviously see you know the story isn't written yet but yeah I, I think Bengals Ravens are the top two there uh, and with that we'll pop over to the AFC South. I think this one is another kind of two team toss up it's Colts or Titans. i Jaguars and Texans are far from being division winners, I think, here. I and I think you'll you'll feel the same with me on this one. I gotta go the Colts. I think Matt Ryan's in a awesome like this is the best position Matt Ryan's been in since the Super Bowl team that he you know, the Super Bowl going to team that he was on in Atlanta. Like talk about a great offensive line. The only I guess real concern is receiver, but I don't think he'll have a problem. Uh figuring out Michael Pittman and then getting some utility guys and you got one of the best running backs in the league back there with you and a very stout defense as well so I'm, I'm taking the Colts number one here yeah Colts for me too uh you know Titans were great last year obviously I believe they were the number one seed mm-hmm. but it's it's the Colts like you said yeah good defense Matt Ryan he's gonna be like you said the big difference difference maker yeah um yeah, I mean Colts. He's a heavy upgrade from Carson Wentz, and the Colts were the Colts should have been in the playoffs last year if Carson Wentz just actually did not turn the ball over to the Jaguars that were like fighting for anything to <laughs> to finish their season. Like, I don't know that that game that goes down as one of the most inexcusable losses of all time for me. All the Colts had to do was beat the worst team in the league to get to the playoffs, and they couldn't even do that. And they <laughs> lost. They went from the top wild card spot to being out of the playoffs just like that in one Sunday. So that's why we love the NFL. That's <laughs> that is why the NFL is the best. Uh, with that, we'll go to our last AFC East team here. Uh, I really really want 
I God, I want to. I I have to pick the Dolphins here. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I'm going to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know the Bills are really good, and they're probably going to win this division. But I will pick the Dolphins here. I'm going to have faith in the new offense. The defense has not been the problem for the last three years. The only time the Dolphins' defense has let up more than 30 points uh, is when they're on the field for over 70% of the game because the offense has been so abysmal the last couple years and is just a three-and-out machine. I really think Mike McDaniel... Just from what I've seen uh, preseason-wise, and we haven't even seen the real schemes yet, right? The preseason offenses are very generic, very cut and dry. Here's a, a shell of our offense. Uh, I loved what I was seeing. Love seeing the ball move forward instead of backwards or into the ground or in, into the worst offensive line in the league that it was last year. Um, I, I have huge faith, high hopes. For the Dolphins this year, I'll take them number one, but I fully recognize uh, you will take the Bills here, and I I can respect that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. Like the Bills. Um, <laughs> Dolphins are gonna be God. It's it's really tough for me to. They could be sneaky good, bro. <laughs> to, like choose the wild card teams for the AFC. AFC me too. is it's so balanced compared to the NFC, in my opinion. Like, oh, like I agree. About, NFC is so you know, top heavy. Three really, really good teams in the NFC. AFC is an absolute, just, uh, it's going to be a dogfight to yeah. get any of the playoffs. It will be a week 18 decision. Like that, and oh that's why goodness. the NFL is doing, you know, credit to the NFL for doing the flex time for week 18. For anyone at home, doesn't flex time just means none of the game's times are scheduled yet because they are going to schedule them based on what has the highest stakes, right? So like the Raiders and Chargers last year in prime time Sunday night, the if they tie, they both go to the playoffs. If one of them wins, one of them goes, one gets knocked out, like the most dramatic way possible. I think that that did the NFL so many favors last year. Glad they're going back to it. But yeah, I totally agree with you. It's it's a dogfight. I, I don't know how how you can pick three wild card teams here, but I'm excited to hear what you got. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bills. No. I got I got Bills. Yeah, perfect, perfect. All right. So now that brings us to the wild card here. Let's start with the NFC just to give our brains some time to to review our list if we want to make any last minute decisions in the AFC. Um, NFC for my three wild card teams. It's I'm gonna choose the Panthers as one. I am. I'm gonna choose the pan. I I want to see. I want to see something crazy. I know your I know your boys Christian McCaffrey. We'll see if he stays healthy this all season. We got Baker talking talking his shit to the <laughs> to the reporters about what he's gonna do the Browns week one and what Baker's capable of. Uh, we have seen that healthy he is. Definitely more than a capable quarterback. Last year he was playing through a lot of injuries at one time on a very dramatic team. So I'm going to give the Panthers one of my wild card spots here. I'm going to have to give... Oh man, I've got to give the Vikings one as well. I've got the Packers winning that division, but I have to give the Vikings one. And last but not least here, not least by any means, I, I'm doing this very reluctantly. I'm going to say the Cardinals. Uh, my my cousin, he's a huge Cardinals fan. Shout out to Tyler. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I really hope the best for him. I hate all the drama that's been around them this offseason. 
uh, and hopefully that is over now. Hopefully they're back to football here as we get into week one and we're not giving Kyler Murray the headset to call plays and, you know, <laughs> saying that, you know, just understand how hard it, you know, it's like I was telling you guys last week, it's like a bad breakup, but, you know, it's, <laughs> you don't understand, you know, live day in my shoes. Like yeah, the head coach and your quarterback, you don't want that kind of relationship. You want a, a healthy, <laughs> healthy and happy relationship. So I'm going to give the Cardinals my last wild card spot. I, I'm going to put the Vikings first. Panthers second, Cardinals third for my wild card lineup. Uh, it's we're gonna have different lists. I'll just Good. I love it. I love it. I was hoping. Uh, for I've it. got Vikings number one. <laughs> okay. Vikings should be a good team. Should challenge the Packers at least a little bit in the NFC North. Um, second wild card spot's gonna be the 49ers for me. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna buy into the Trey Lance buzz that's been coming around for training camp, uh, and I'm willing to go with them. You know they. They beat the Packers at Lambeau last year in the playoffs, I believe. Um, yeah. With Jimmy G. In the snow. In the if, thick if, tundra. <laughs> I was watching that game, and Bobby came home, and I turned it off to watch, uh, God, who knows what. Yeah. And he, he's like, dude, why'd you turn off the 49ers Packers game? I was like, dude, it's over. The Packers are up 14 nothing or 10 nothing, whatever it was. <laughs> the 49ers can't even lose the ball out of their own half. Well, they know. Yeah, Packers got off to such a fast start there. It did. It looked. It looked bad for the Niners the first quarter and a half there. Second quarter, even. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so I've got 49ers second. Um, good defense. Good running game. Kyle Shanahan. He, you know, he broke my heart a few years ago, but that's not the point. Third spot <laughs> is going to go, unfortunately, to the Saints. I would love to be able like to put that. the Falcons here, but that's not realistic, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are going to be third in the division or second or first. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to be last. <laughs> All right. I so, like it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much the players that they've got. It's a little bit maybe the coaching. I'm not really yeah. a big believer in Matt Rule. Definitely. You still got to see CMC like have a healthy year. I know I talked about him up a little bit yeah. on the last podcast oh, yeah. episode. They beefed up the O line uh, a bit this off season too, so they they, they addressed a couple things for yeah. sure. And they've got some really good defensive pieces too. Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not ready to put the Panthers there. Saints have been competitive. You know they they got the injury bug last year too. Yep. Jameis was leading them to. Uh, a really hot start. He goes down with the ACL. They got Trevor Simeon. They got God knows who else coming out there to play quarterback. Um, yeah. So I've got the Saints in the third wild card spot. They will be losing in the first round, but <laughs> they made it. So. See, yeah, no, I, I still like that. I'm the only thing keeping me from putting the Saints in my wild card picture was the Panthers. I'm like three NFC South teams are not making the playoffs. I was like, there's no way. So, so I, I had I had to keep them out. Uh, but no, I. Like, I, I, I like the Saints pick there. And the, the Niners, that was another one that thought in my head, Cardinals-Niners, Cardinals-Niners. I'm like, there's definitely going to be two teams from that division to come out of it. Um, I'm just going to go with the Cardinals and hope that um, 
Kyler getting paid now has soothed his drama and he doesn't have the the uh, no video gaming clause in his contract anymore. So, so uh, maybe he'll get to just go home, relax, enjoy some Call of Duty on, on Sunday night after the dub and you know maybe that'll put him in better mental health for Monday, right? Maybe that's, that's you just gotta let it out on COD sometimes. So it's, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, the NFC, it, it could get interesting. I... Still, like, I think we can agree that it's very top-heavy, that these wild, the wild card in the NFC I don't think is nearly as competitive as the AFC wild card that we're about to get into here. So uh, a lot of these I think it'll guys... be just as competitive, just not the same amount of quality. I think it'll be that's, like... That. Yeah, that's, that's a better way to put it's it. It's going to be a rock fight between some <laughs> not very good teams, some 500 teams that are going to yeah. be able to scrape their way into the playoffs even though they maybe don't deserve it as much as totally AFC. totally so that's, that's that's a much better way to put it for sure because uh, yeah it's, it'll be competitive but yeah throwing stones at each other opposed to the other side you're throwing missiles so <laughs> uh off to off to the afc here wild card teams we've said it a hundred times already this is a very hard decision like it feels like every division has two, if not three, teams that that could you know that seem playoff ready, uh, but only seven teams are going to make it from uh, the AFC as a whole. So seven out of sixteen here. Uh, I've you know I've got to put. I can't put the Dolphins in the wild card. They would be my first choice for top wild card spot, but I've got them winning the division i'm gonna hang by my boys i'm, I'm gonna let them let them work it out in the season so they don't need a wild card spot and with that of course i've got to put bills at the 1a wild card spot <laughs> like it's obviously they are so stacked uh i've got the broncos winning their division as well so i'm going to have to throw the chiefs i will put the chiefs over the chargers and the raiders there's just there's just you know Chargers made a ton of improvements. They've only gotten better. Same with the Raiders, but now they've actually got to play a season with the, these new and upgraded rosters and figure things out. The Chiefs don't really have anything extra to figure out. Uh, they've been running the same systems for a couple of years now. Uh, they will work it out, I believe. And you know, even with the defensive question marks and that being a very that, that's my truly only concern with the Chiefs. I could give a care about their wide receiver battle. If Mahomes is throwing the ball, someone will catch it. Uh, the defense, the defense is going to be what is questionable here, and that's why I wanted to give the Chargers the edge here. But I just I can't I can't pick the Chargers over the Chiefs here. It just doesn't make sense yet in my head. I could look back on this 18 weeks from now when we're in the playoffs and and you know be hitting my head on a wall like what are you thinking? But that's what that's what we live with. And with the last with the last one, I'll give an honorable mention to the Titans because no one likes uh, King Henry more than me. I mean, there definitely are people, but I I just love I love I love Derrick Henry. Definitely, I, I love him. He is he is my favorite running back i'm definitely a you know i've talked about this with with probably you and bob or just bob on the pod before i'm a big running back guy i love a traditional running back that will absolutely just roll you over and derrick henry is every piece of that so i wish him nothing but the healthiest season here coming up and i if they do make it to the playoffs it will be on his back mark my words there It, it will absolutely be on derrick henry's back so Honorable mention of the Titans. I just can't pick them for my last slot. And 
Oh, it's just so it's so tough because I want to do another AFC West team. I, re- I really, really do. Uh, I've got to go Ravens. I have to go Ravens. They like like you've got them winning your division. I'm gonna have them in the wild card for sure. They've got so many pieces coming back here. So I've got all three. You know, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens here running it in the wild card if they don't win their divisions respectively. Because of course they're all competitive. But it just goes to show like the. The top five of the AFC are just absolute, absolute dogs. You know, they, <laughs> they've got some stacked rosters. So those are my three wild cards there. Uh, of course, my, my division winners made that a little easier than it, than it had to be. But, you know, I think that mix of seven teams will be the ones to make it in. That's, that's what I got. Uh, gosh. I've I've been tossing and turning in in my head. I'm yeah. uh, I've got the bang Bengals are making the wild card. That's the easy one for me. Sure. God, and I I want to <laughs> take the Titans out. I I have a couple reasons in my head that's like, nah, the Titans aren't gonna make it. But it's hard for me to bet. Defense wins you championships, and the Titans have a good defense. If they weren't let down by Ryan Tannehill, they would have made the yep. AFC Championship last year. Yeah, three interceptions in a playoff game is the number one seed. Nine sacks in a game. Nine sacks, three picks. Yeah, Classic Tannehill. Sad. But no A.J. Brown. You've got Robert Woods. And Traylon Burks. I like Traylon Burks, I do. I, I do like Traylon Burks, but is he ready? That's, That's true. That's the question I'm asking That's true. myself. Is he ready? to step in and be number one or number two, depending on how Robert Woods mm-hmm. does. He's coming off an ACL, so maybe he's not 100%. Yeah. But I'm, I'm doing it. Titans are in. All Titans right. are in. I, hey, I gave him the honorable mention. I respect that all the way. <laughs> Broncos. The Broncos, I have written down. Before the show, Curtis <laughs> told me what we were talking about today. I write down all my seven teams from both leagues. Yep. NFC, it's fine. <laughs> I wrote it down, didn't have to think twice about it. Broncos, I haven't written down here. Um, but are is adding Russell Wilson going to take you to the next level? Many people would say yes. I think that you would say definitely, yes. Definitely. I think so. I, I said yes before the show. <laughs> you haven't written down, but you're like, oh, man. No. I'm, but then there's the Dolphins and there's the Chargers. We already yep. talked about them. But, and I really like the Chargers. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's impossible. The AFC is impossible. Dude. I'm not. I'm not picking the Chargers. They just uh, last season losing that game. It it left a bad taste in my mouth about yep. about the the heart of the Chargers. I agree, and the, they are and as the people down to their core. And the fourth down play calling like that, and that's not going anywhere. Brandon Staley has stood on his soapbox and said, "We made all the corrected. Like not a single." Yeah, maybe we should use our field goal kicker. Maybe kickers do help out to win games. They'd win three games last year if they would have kicked field goals on within the 30-yard line. Uh, so chip shot field goals for professional kickers uh, instead of going for it. But, you know, they went for it. The Chiefs game is the ugliest. Anyone can go back, watch the, I think it was in December, maybe November, the late-in-the-season Chiefs-Chargers game. That play calling just... Like you said, it kind of goes to show. Like if you're going to be that hard-headed, it's hard to to bet on you. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm an analytics guy uh, at my heart, but oh, totally. But I can't. I can't support that. I can't support that business. Three, three points, points is three points. Zero points is zero points. points. That's, That's true. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, Chargers are out. And it's comes. It's the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins and the Broncos. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I'm gonna appease you. I'm Beautiful. Go it's, it's the, the Curtis, Curtis and Collins show now. We're changing the look. I do have questions about Tua because he doesn't have the biggest track record in the league yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but they've got the weapons. They've got a great defense. They've got offensive weapons. And it's time to to put something together for me for the. The Dolphins. It is. Um, it is time. God, I'd love the Broncos to make it, but they're not going to. It's going to be the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins so, are going to make their way yeah. into the wild card. Maybe make a splash in the playoffs too. Who knows? But splash Dolphins, Dolphins, love it. Beautiful. That's <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love it. I love the love the Dolphins respect, and I'm glad to see some of it because there is so little of it out there. <laughs> But I, I, I'm so huge on them, and you know maybe maybe I've rubbed off my enthusiasm on you and Bob both of the Dolphins. So I really hope they do well because I will look so dumb at the end of this year if they go eight and nine. I will be so sad if they go eight and nine. That would be gut. I'd rather I'd rather they win four games than go eight and nine. Just please, please don't go. No, I, know how, you, I know how you like, feel. <laughs> I'm knocking on every all this wood desk until till I walk out of this podcast because it's I just can't have that happen. <laughs> so we got our got our playoff pictures here. Gonna I'll get a graphic together too, see if we can get a little graphic posted on the we'll post it up on the Instagram and we can take a look back at this towards the end of the season. It'll be fun to fun to see where we were right, where we were wrong, and where injuries maybe kind of threw things off for sure. But uh. The last piece we'll go into with our future season predictions here uh, before we get into uh, win totals is who do we think the number one draft pick will be held by next year? For me, this is so easy. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be so bad, like god-awful. I think nothing is going right for them besides the fact that Pete Carroll is still their head coach. That is the only thing that has gone right for them so far. Uh, you know, Already injury concerns with Jamal Adams and Kenneth Walker. We haven't even played week one yet, so it's just... It's, it's reeking, it's, it's showing nightmare for me. So Seattle is my number one overall pick next year for most likely a quarterback as well. They fit the bill for needing a quarterback with your battle being between Geno Smith and your wonder boy, Drew Locke, of course. <laughs> Star boy, Drew Locke. Yeah, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, prepare yourselves maybe to go to Seattle. Yep, you are going to be going across the country. <laughs> that is for sure. Or whatever quarterback pops up in the middle of the college season because that's that's the best part about college football is – you know, last year uh, going into the season, it was Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell were going to be the number one overall picks of this year's draft, right? And we saw absolutely no semblance of that. So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Asterisk could be any other random college football guy that decides to play well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was looking at mock drafts for the 2023 yeah, know, a week yeah. after the draft and you see like Will Levis up in the top 10 which <laughs> is just it's an abomination for me to see personally but we won't talk about that today so maybe we'll see Will Levis uh, the mayonnaise 
drinking <laughs> Kentucky. Kentucky. I, I have. I've seen a lot of hype behind him out of out of nowhere. Like I it's confusing to me because I definitely watched Kentucky play last year and I definitely was not impressed by by, by their by their offense. Uh the only impressive player was uh Wandale Robinson, who I don't know I forget where he went. Did he go to the Giants, I think? Yeah, I believe he's with the Giants. Yep, New York Giants. So stayed in the same colors, good for him. Kentucky to Kentucky to the Giants, but he was the only player watching Kentucky that I was like He's good. <laughs> yeah. He's full of this college swag. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he is obviously good. I, I like him. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. For my number one pick, truthfully, I didn't even think about the Seahawks when I was looking. Um, I think they're going to play themselves out of the number one pick. Oh, I can see it. Pete things. Carroll will rally him. Oh. Yeah. You got a good coach. He'll coach you into some wins. Mm-hmm. Plus, they still have the weapons on the outside. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. Rashad Penny is healthy. Uh, Kenneth Walker remains to be seen whether he's going to play football mm-hmm. anytime soon. Um, I've got the Texans. That's okay. one pick. I, I do that. think that Davis Mills <laughs> is good. They've got Brandon Cooks, who's good. Um, Damian Pierce, a lot of height, good player. Love him. Uh-oh. We, we lost, lost Colin, Colin, folks. Give us a moment here. Damien Pierce, fantastic. He also just got the job as well. Marlon Mack has been cut by the Texans today, so that's actually a great note here. While our sweet Colin reconnects to the <laughs> reconnects to the server here. Uh, so Damien Pierce could be good. I like Colin's pick with the Texans there. Um... It's, it's going to be a battle, a battle between the Seahawks, the Texans. I think the Bears could very well, uh, very well be out of it. The Falcons, I think, showed enough this offseason. And we have Colin back now, so we are rolling. But, yeah, those I, I like the pick, Colin. I like the, the Texans there as, as your worst team, right? Yes. Um, what was the last thing that I said? Uh, Damian Pierce, great running back, and then it and then it all cut, and then it all went. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time that my computer has uh, died in the middle of a podcast session. So that's a problem that we're gonna have to remedy. Um, th- what I said after that was Derek Stingley for me is really the only good thing that they've got on the defense. Oh my I god, that. I totally I forgot they, they got Derek Stingley this year. This year. Yeah. Wow, good call. Called that, <laughs> called that one live on draft night. Yeah. Uh, Mr. You Mr. Andrews was you not very happy when I told him that that was going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got like um, him, maybe a couple other playmakers on the defense, not a whole lot. And then I think that with the number one pick, they're going to end up taking Will Anderson instead of a quarterback. And then they're going to be in kind of the same spot that the Jaguars are this year, mm-hmm. where you've got a quarterback that maybe you're going to start building around. You've got a, a big-time number one overall pick edge rusher. Yep. And it's time for a big free agency to, to kind of boost your roster and get yourself. Oh, and a big, 
Yeah, and a big asterisk there too is they're going to be benefiting for this from this Deshaun trade for the next four or five years. So if the Browns really stink it up in the first couple of weeks of the season and end up in the top ten or or top fifteen of the draft, like they. It would be silly for them, let's say they get the number one pick, uh, it would be silly for them to pass up on Will Anderson because he's about as clear of a superstar as you know Chase Young was in college. That's, that's who my mind draws a comparison to. When I watch Will Anderson, I see Chase Young making a six foot four, you know, six foot three lineman look like he is five feet tall. Like that. <laughs> that, is, that is Will Anderson. So I, I think it'd be silly for the Texans to pass up on that. And yeah, maybe you just get the... The uh, we'll call it what, what do we want to say the the best the second or third best quarterback in the top ten or fifteen with the Browns first round pick that they'll evidently have uh, due to the Deshaun trade. So that I don't yeah, think Texas fans would hate that. <laughs> no, and it should be a pretty deep quarterback class next year. So if you don't get the number one guy, you should, you're going to be pretty happy with with what you get. Oh yeah, um, this, this year was as shallow as it gets. So that always means we're turning the corner and do a. Very QB heavy uh, year coming up for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, for the listeners out there, if you have not watched a lot of Will Anderson, last year Aiden Hutchinson was second in Heisman voting, and Will Anderson had pretty much every single stat, all the counting stats, he was better than him in. Yep. So you're, you're talking about uh, an absolute dog. Yeah. Off the edge, uh, thirty-one in in the crimson. If you want to. If you want to tune into a game this year, oh yeah, he is. It's hard to miss him when Bama's on defense. It's actually impossible. You, you would you would genuinely have to be blind in both eyes. Like even if you're only blind in one eye, you will still see Will Anderson <laughs> coming off that defensive line. So uh, no, I, I I love that pick too, and I I think the Texans would love it as well. To be honest, I don't I don't think they're trying to win the Super Bowl quite yet. I, I think they're still working on working on building that up. So credit to the Texans for taking a page out of the Dolphins books and getting a haul of draft picks <laughs> to, to rebuild and yeah the Texans Seahawks I, I definitely think they'll be two of the bottom five teams uh, the Bears could sneak in there as well I think the Bears Justin Fields will probably will them a couple games but uh, that defense we'll, we'll see Roquan is going to play and he's going to be cordial with the, with the Bears even though he's still not happy with the management so uh, that, that drama's over, but, but I could see them really stinking it up this year, uh, especially in a competitive division. I think the Packers and the Vikings both 2-0-2-0 them. Like, I, I have a hard time seeing the Bears even compete with those those two teams. So it'll be interesting here. Uh, and, and, yeah, so with that, we will go into the final, final segment before we close out here, and we're just going to run through uh run through here the win totals for the season next year uh these are the vegas vegas odds brought to you by penn casino barstool sportsbook uh these are the sportsbook odds for the win totals of every nfl team here so we'll just run it down the list say if we agree disagree we've got what their total is and what the favored bet is uh and if you're a total novice to sports betting, then all we mean by the favorite bet is what is everybody putting their money on? You know, what has the the worst odds, but you know, the more likely outcome, right? So 
With that, we will go in alphabetical order uh, down the list here, and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals being at eight and a half. Uh, again, if you're not too familiar with sports betting, eight and a half on an over/under means you you know you're picking if. If they have eight wins or nine. So Vegas right now is saying Arizona is a what would be 50-50 team back in the day, an 8-8 eight and eight team. They're saying they're a either 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight team. Would you agree with that, Colin? The odds are even. So it's both ways are same odds. Everyone's betting under and over the same here. Um, I've got Arizona probably 7 or 8. Um, so I think that 8.5 is, is about right. Yeah. But I'm a little bit lower on the Cardinals than I think most people are. I think especially you are because you have them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good spot. I've got under, though. Yep. I I would honestly, if, if I'm betting with my money, I would put it on the under. I would like to see them in the playoffs and put all the drama aside. But there isn't too many signs pointing towards that way. Uh, but shout out Tyler. Maybe they'll make the playoffs with eight wins. Who knows? <laughs> they very well could in the NFC. That's for sure. Uh so with that, we go to Atlanta, which their line is three and a half wins on the season, and people are hammering the over on this. I think after what we've seen this preseason, there's a lot of young talent on that Falcons roster that was seemingly a joke coming into June and July, right? Like there was zero hopes for the Falcons roster. So as the resident Falcons fan, I'll let you take it. You, you hammering that over as well? You believe they'll win more than uh, three games? Oh, yeah, I mean, if I had to bet, I'm taking over. Yeah. Obviously, like, the odds make it so you're not really going to want to bet this because you're not yeah, going to make a whole lot of money. Not profitable. But, yeah. like, specifically, I texted Bobby and Jared about this the other day, but Arnold Evichetti, our second-round pick, I love, him. I love defense, that pick. He's, a, he's a little bit of an animal. He's a little something that you see over there. Penn and State the boy. red and black. Yep. Um, so, you know. We've got some players. Team's not deep enough to really make like uh, a big splash this year. We'll upset some teams depending on the quarterback play. Um, Mariota didn't play a whole lot this year or the, the preseason. Desmond Ritter had he really impressed me. Uh, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. I didn't love Desmond Ritter um, before the draft. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about our top five oh, quarterbacks yeah. <laughs> in the draft. You <laughs> did. He said he wasn't even your top five. five. <laughs> Uh, I've since become a Desmond Ritter truther. I think he's going to be the, he's going to be the future. So, I I mean the Falcons aren't going to win a whole bunch of games. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be they're going to be dangerous. You're not going to want to see the Falcons in a must win game in December. Yeah, I'll tell you. Right now. They, they can be the eight, the, the week eighteen Jaguars, Jaguars last year. Like you, you definitely don't want to play against them if you don't have to. There, there are easier teams <laughs> that you need to play against to, to get that secured dub. And it's the NFL. True, like any given Sunday, it's a cliche. It's overused, but it it's so so true. <laughs> it's so so true. So I think the Falcons will get out of a couple. Uh, a couple crazy games with the win for sure to easily put them over the three and a half number. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's probably going to take us out of a good drafting spot. <laughs> true. True. We'll be picking around ten again this year, but yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. What, what can you do? <laughs> good for the locker room morale. You guys got a bunch of young people. That's more important, right? <laughs> 
Perfect. So with that, we'll go to the Ravens, uh, and I think Vegas is right on with this one. Nine and a half. The over is relatively favored here. It's about minus 158 odds, I believe, last I looked at it. So people are betting the over, and I would agree uh, with, with, with the way people are betting for the Ravens. I could definitely see 10 wins out of the Ravens easily, seeing that they got, what, 9 or 10 last year with a depleted roster because of injuries. Yeah, I've got the over for the Ravens as well. Like I said, uh, happened with it winning the division. It's going to take double-digit wins to win this division this year. Yep. Um, it, this is going to be there's going to be some tough games in there. I think that the Steelers will be a tough team, um, and the Browns once they get past the John Watson suspension will be a tough team as well. Yeah. But I think the Ravens will be they'll be over nine and a half. Definitely. And with that, we go right to the Bills at 11.5. I think they're going to win 11 games, so I'm going to put them at actually under on 11.5 here because I look at their schedule, and I'm not even talking strength of schedule. I'm just talking teams that we already know about. you got to play the Dolphins twice a year. I think the Dolphins could split that. Uh, the Bills have swept it the last two years, and I definitely hold the Dolphins bias, but I think they could split that, and the Dolphins are competitive. They've got to play the Packers, the Rams, and the Chiefs this year in the first couple weeks of the season while they're figuring everything out. Uh, they're saying it's going to be the same offense and all that, but you know, without losing a guy like Dable is a big hit to the coaching room and the play calling, right? So... That's there. And then they also have to come to the end of the season, second to last game, and play the Bengals. So, you know, they've got to play the Ravens, uh, Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Dolphins twice, Bengals. Uh, I believe they play the Browns before Deshaun comes back. So that should be should be a cakewalk uh, if that's the case. Uh, but I, I definitely see six very hard games in there. And knowing the NFL... And knowing the Bills from last year, even everyone forgets the Bills dropped the game to the Jaguars last year. Uh, <laughs> they lost that game like nine to six. It was all field goals in the middle of the season. So, like the the Bills, they they showed a little some holes in their armor, I think, last year, and they have not a strong schedule, but are playing against some of the top teams. So I definitely see some room for error, and I think saying twelve wins is a little too high for my taste for the Bills. Yeah, plus, I mean, I, you're going to have a really tough game in Foxborough against the Patriots, too, Yep. Um, which will never be easy. I I think that 11 is the is about the number, just like you. It is really hard to say that they're going to go 12-5, and five, especially when you name all those teams. Yeah. You'd expect them to win some of the, the tough games. Definitely. Some of the games will break their way, but 12, it, it's a lot. So I've got 11 as well. I've got the under. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I, I like we're on the same page there for for eleven. Go to Carolina, uh, seven and a half. The under is very heavily favored here. People are really betting against the Panthers. I'm gonna bet the over. Uh, obviously, I put them in the playoffs, and I do think in the NFC they they can compete uh, as well as you know with within their own division. I think they do have a chance to compete in some of these games and at least split the series with a lot of the teams aside from the Bucks. Uh, but, you know, they they play, I believe they play the, the Seahawks and the Texans as well, too. So they have some, some freebies if they're healthy and playing good. So I'm going to put the Panthers over 7.5, actually. I'll go against the grain one, one other time here. Uh, I've got the under here. Fair. Uh, like I said, the last under 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, seeing Baker's comments, um, I saw him today. It makes me think that maybe he's going to be that guy, and he's gonna he's gonna put the team on his back. We're gonna see old Baker with the swag, but yeah. Um, I don't. It's not enough for me, so I've got the under. Yeah, more more than fair. I I can't argue with you there. We'll just have to see how the season plays out, because man, we're we're gonna figure out a lot here. Uh, Chicago, I can't believe how high Vegas has this. They've got Chicago at six and a half wins, meaning to bet the over. You're saying Chicago is gonna win seven games. I have a hard time like saying they're gonna win four games. To be to be blunt, like I think they split the series with the Lions. I do not believe they can two o the Lions. The Lions will come. With, with some vengeance, vengeance here uh, this year, I'm I'm higher on the Lions than I am the Bears. So for for the Bears to be laying a seven as the over bet here, no, I'm not touching that. Not going near it. I am hammering the under on on the Bears here under six wins. Six or under. Yeah. Same thing for me. Yeah, because they were a six win team last year, and they definitely had a better. They still had Allen Robinson. They still had Khalil Mack. They <laughs> they've got the same bad offensive line this year. So yeah, I think they just uh, think they just got worse this off season. Hate to say it, but I, I really do. <laughs> the uh, and I blame that. Got rid of Matt Nagy, I'm pretty sure. True. Yeah. The, yeah. New head coach, so maybe the offense can change a little bit. Yeah. New head coach, yeah. new GM, and I think that's actually one of the reasons. And I, I think they will definitely be better. But that's why Chicago struggled this off season because last year the head coach and the GM, you know, Pace and Nagy, they gambled their future on Justin Fields, knowing damn well they were not going to be in Chicago the next year. I think that is an all-time scumbag move what the what pace and Nagy did to the bears last year giving up as much as they did to move up for justin fields uh when they they you could the writing was on the wall like they were the bears were not performing it just looked uglier and uglier and last season was just another you know singing of it and immediately black monday uh the monday after the season ends Nagy and pace were out of there like it's the, the bears front office they they were a year too late, I think, and it's gonna it's gonna make the team suffer a little bit here. So, yeah, I, I've definitely got under under six and a half. Uh, with that, we go to Cincy with nine and a half, with the over being slightly favored. They, you know, vice versa. I use them for the Bills, right? Uh, that the Bills have to end the season on the Bengals. Well, the Bengals also have to end their season on the Bills. So. That's a hard game. They're also playing uh, the the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs this year as well. I think nine is is right where I'm comfortable at with them. The AFC North will still be a gritty and competitive division. The Steelers. It's easy to write the Steelers off, but Mike Tomlin still has not had a losing season uh, in his coaching career, which is crazy to say. Uh, so. I'm going to actually take the under with the I love the Bengals, but I'm going to take the under nine and a half, and I'm going to say nine. Nine is my number uh, for, for the Bengals this year. Yeah, it's that's kind of where I'm leaning to because I could see both the Ravens and the Bengals winning 10 plus, like Same. 10, and yeah. both winning 10, and the Ravens getting on a tiebreaker, Bengals getting on a tiebreaker, or one winning 11. But I think it's, it's difficult – to be confident in them winning 10 games so i've got mm-hmm. the under as well yeah 
Yeah, it's the AFC North is never like their their divisional matchups are always ones for the books. Like they, yeah, they go hard no matter no matter what. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I think they're starting the season uh, in Pittsburgh too. So that that could be a I could see that being a punch in the mouth game and where the Bengals are coming in off the Super Bowl. They think they've got that locked up, uh, and the Steelers just come out there and and really hand it to him. Joe Burrow, fun fact, is actually 0-3 against the Steelers in his career so far. So he has yet to beat the Steelers in the AFC North, even when they were in the Super Bowl last year. So I personally, week one, if we're skipping ahead here, I've got the Bengals losing that first week game, and I think it'll be a big punch in the mouth, but they will rebound. They absolutely will rebound. Hopefully they have a bad game against my Dolphins week four, uh, but we will we'll get to that when it happens. So uh, yeah, I think we're on the same page with the Bengals here. Cowboys. Vegas has laid the number of 11 and a half. The under is very heavily favored to where if you put $100 on betting that the Cowboys will win less than uh, less than eleven and a half games, so less than twelve games. Uh, you'd only get thirty dollars uh, back as a payout. Like it, people are hammering the under. I think as they should. There is no way this Cowboys team. Uh, you know, great soundbite for the future if they do. But there is no way, no way this Cowboys team gets. I don't. I don't even think they sniff twelve wins. I think nine is their like very optimistic uh, end point. Nine is very optimistic for them. Uh, you know, l- like we were talking about, the Cowboys roster has been amazing the last couple of years. Now they've got some holes in it, and now you can't lean on being in the worst division in football. The Eagles and the Commanders have made some very strong moves in the last couple of years to put them in a competitive spot. So the Cowboys don't just get six gimme games anymore. I think. Right. So I yeah, yeah. I have to go under <laughs> way under. I'm under as well. Yeah. Um, they may not even finish second in the division for me. Yeah, I've got. I mean, we I both agree. got the Eagles. I think winning the divisions. Um, yeah, I, I mean, under under with everything in my heart. Yep, I I'm, I'm right there with you. Forever <laughs> right there with you. So yeah, with that one, we'll go right to the next here with Broncos at ten wins and. I, if I'm a betting man, I'm not touching this. I think 10 is exactly what they're going to have. I, th- I think 10 is is perfect for them. I, you know, they have even odds uh, either way, so over or under is going to give you the same return here. Uh, for the Broncos, people are very split on them, but I, I think 10 is my number, and I could genuinely see them, uh, if they get out of their division with you know a 3-3 split or even a 4-2 split between all of the teams in their division, they could definitely compete for 11 to 12 wins for sure. So I'm, again, high on the Broncos for sure. I'm going to have to go under. We we already experienced We're my, consistent. Yeah. <laughs> my personal, like, uh, a little bit of a meltdown trying to figure out what the Broncos are going to do this year. I've got under for the reasons that I've already stated. Yep. Perfect. We're consistent there. Uh, Detroit. We haven't talked about Detroit really at all this episode. Uh, you know, brought them up for a half a second there. I think they will go one and one or maybe two and zero oh against the Bears. Their number is six and a half. I I'm definitely high on Detroit, but I I think I still see them as a rebuilding team and a team without a quarterback identity. Uh, Jared Goff is definitely a bridge quarterback. I'm sorry, Jared. I love you, but. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's got to be said, you know. It's I get it. You were in a Super Bowl, but 
your defense was in a Super Bowl, uh, if we're being honest, and you had some great weapons around as well. So I've got to take the under on the Lions. I am high on them. I've been high on them all offseason, and I still am. But to me, being high on the Lions is six wins. Six wins is high on the Lions like that. (laughs) For what we've seen from the Detroit Lions over the last couple years, that's kind of my number. And they're still in a division with the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, that maybe they sneak one of those four games out, you know, uh, push someone to the wire, push the Vikings to the wire, the Packers, you never know. Uh, but Detroit, seven wins is a little too rich for my taste. I'm going to go six, so I'm going to have to go the under here. Yeah, I I think that they will, once again, be very competitive. You're not going to want to see the Lions really on your schedule, but mm-hmm. five or six wins is would be a good year. I, I believe that's doubling their wins from last year. So I think that's exactly. a, a realistic expectation for the Lions. Um, save yourself a nice draft pick in the top 10 to maybe grab your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then who knows what's going to happen. you got a bunch of weapons around on offense. you got Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson on defense. Future, I, I would like to be a Lions fan in the future. Not right now. <laughs> True. Good. That's future, a good way to put it. <laughs> I like I like Dan Campbell. The rebuilding, they're doing it in a way that I really like. So yeah. under for the win total, but Lions in the future will maybe be in the playoffs. Give give me a nine wins a Lions team next year, but uh, yeah, six, <laughs> seven, seven is too rich for me this year. I still need to see a little bit more building uh, and a little bit more performance on the football field before I can just bite down on seven wins to the Lions because. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice something with all of these over-unders. Not really only two of them are below five or six wins. So it is basically Vegas, you know, luring all the fans in. Hey, like you think your te- teams will go four wins, three wins. There will be five-win teams. Everyone cannot, you know, be eight and nine or, or, or even seven, yeah. even seven and ten, right? Like there are going to be some bad teams that we did not expect and some teams that catch some bad breaks. So uh, I, I think the Lions could be one of those teams. They were in a lot of heartbreakers last year. Man, how many one-score games did they lose? Six or seven, I think, one score, like walk-off field goals. They fought the whole way through. Uh, so love, love the Lions. Great story, but I, I got to keep them, keep them realistic here. If we're talking about money and I got to stay at six and I'm going to take the under. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on the same page there. What, what do you think on, uh, on Green Bay here, Colin? I'll let you have the first word on Green Bay with 11 wins, uh, odds being even. Uh, people aren't really sure whether to bet over or under on 11. It's, it's tough for me, but... I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. Okay. And let me tell you why. Like I said before, defense wins championships. The Packers defense has gotten better over the years. Um, I believe they did lose Zadari Smith to the Vikings mm-hmm. this year. It's true. That, yeah, that you're right. You're loss. right on. You're right on. Um, the secondary is very good. You just are going to have to hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers can figure something out with somebody and the running game is obviously still good so I've got over for the the Packers yeah oh I and I I'm gonna I'm gonna go under but like I I it's it's so hard I when I say going under I mean like 10 
at like 10 or i could see this being a push as well you wait all season long for your future bet to pay out and it's just going to be a push in the end because they might get 11 right on the nose like they <laughs> they really could um so green bay yeah and the, the one thing i will say about green bay is is to be honest it from aaron Rodgers' comments it sounds like they're they might be running aaron jones and aj Dillon in the slot at the same time like aaron Rodgers said the best 11 players on offense will be on the field like regardless of what formation or anything so they're going to be running a lot of two back sets they're going to be i'm sure moving jones and Dillon into the slot for some wonky you know matchup against maybe a slower linebacker uh for for a good route there so yeah i'm gonna go under but i i see your enthusiasm with green bay for sure and to be truthful i think this will go right on 11 uh and there's gonna be a lot of people that are throwing their hands up at the end of the season i stressed out all these games <laughs> just to have my money be the same so uh not not a huge huge upset or anything there but yeah we'll go to houston now which is the only team uh, include or second team and second and last team uh, that is under five wins. Atlanta being the first one. The Texans four and a half. Uh, do we think over or under four and a half here, Colin? I th- I I gotta go under. I think, I, and I want under for Texans fans. <laughs> yes, I I will say under. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and we've talked about the Texans a ton already, so we you know we're we're on the same page there for sure. So. Texas, yeah. we got we got under Colts at ten. I think that's that's another Packers situation for me. You know what? No, I'm actually going to say over. I'm going to say over ten. I absolutely think playing the Texans twice and the Jaguars twice uh, will be enough to buff the the win total over ten by the end of the season. Uh, to me, if you are the Colts, those are four free games. Uh, there's no such thing as a free game in the NFL, and I'm sure one of them will get an upset, but. To, if you are the Colts in, in that locker room, you have to look at those as we need to roll these games because the AFC is competitive, so any single win or little break you can get by being against maybe a rebuilding team compared to your playoff-ready team, you got to grab it. So I, I'm going to go over for the Colts. I'm going to say they go 11 or 12 here. Yeah, I, I, w- I would l- like it if, if this was nine and a half, so I could just go over. I'd really get true. <laughs> Whoops, we lost Colin. Uh, oh, there he is. Uh, I'm. He's back. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're good now. <laughs> All right, so you would take you take over if it was nine and a half, but you think ten's right on. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I would take over ten. If, sure, you know, if there's a gun in my head, but yeah, <laughs> for sure, perfect. And then we have we have the Jaguars at six and a half. I think the Doug Peterson turnaround is going to take a little longer than some people expect. I the Jaguars could surprise people this year. They really could. Uh, they have a lot of good pieces. It's just going to be a matter of this is the first time a lot of these pieces are actually playing on a football team together, even the returning players, because I do not consider Urban Meyer's Jaguars team a NFL team. Like, that that was embarrassing, and Urban Meyer coached them into the dirt. 
so this is yeah. this to me is Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Uh, we've got a lot of new players on this roster, which is both good and bad, obviously chemistry and game plan. So. I'm going to have to go under here because I, I think the Jaguars, it's not just going to be a snap of the fingers uh, turnaround. Doug Peterson's in the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I've got under, but just barely. Yep, that's I think five. I think five is the magic number for the Jaguars here. Yeah. Kansas City, I think, uh, what would you say here? I feel like we're both on the same page for it's 10.5 is their, their win total here. What would you take here, Colin? I I would go under, but it's going to be like 10. Yeah. It's not going to be like 8. It's going to be like 10 or 11 wins, I think, is where they'd be. And the safe the safe play for me, I think, would be 10. So I'd yep. go under. I'm going to go, I'm going to go under as well. I've got them in my wild card, so I'll stay consistent there, I guess. Uh, and I'll, I'll put them under. And, again, that division is so hard. That's going to be six playoff games, not including the out-of-division games that the Chiefs have to play. Uh, so, yeah, under for sure. Defensive question marks, but they're still the Chiefs, so I'm sure they will find their way above 500 uh, regardless. And could be an under and yeah. hit 10 on the money. So... With that, we'll we'll cut we'll double we'll hit this uh, hit this two ways here. We'll go Raiders Chargers. Uh, so AFC West again. Colin, I'll let you take the Raiders, and I'll take the the Chargers. What do you think? Raiders eight and a half. Um, I am gonna have to go under because someone has to be the punching bag. Yep. In the AFC West, someone has to lose football games, and it's going to be the Raiders. Yep, I think I think that's fair. I they're. Gr- a good team they've got great a great build i'm gonna say just for devil's advocate over uh just just for devil's advocate because i think that division's so close but you're right someone does have to be the punching bag in this division and i'm gonna go to the chargers here at nine and a half and i'm gonna say under and i'm gonna say nine wins just again for the same re- like this division is so hard like Six six games in this division is every other team's you know prime time hardest game of the hardest game of the year. So I'm going to go under for the Chargers at nine and a half and say uh, that they're going to be a nine you know maybe even eight win team if they get uh, if if we get the same fourth down play calling in the red zone that we had last year they easily could be a eight win team like they they left three games on the board last year uh with field goal kicks and you know you you hope that they don't do it again this year because that division there's not going to be any margin for error absolutely zero margin for error in that division so it'll it'll be interesting and now we've got our super bowl champs the rams at ten and a half what what are you taking there colin over under i'm gonna go over because i would like them like if everyone's healthy, I think the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. It does come down to Matthew Stafford in the elbow, but Fair. I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose choose to be an optimist. Uh, and I'm gonna say that they're gonna be over. I think that this team's gonna win a lot of football games, gonna put up a lot of points. Alright. I'm gonna be an optimist right there with you and I'll say I'll say over as well. I think they compete with Tampa for the number one seed, uh, but Tampa takes it with Maybe twelve, probably thirteen. Honestly, I could see Tampa really, really dialing it in this season for sure. So, 
Uh, it's it's Brady's last year. We think we we think <laughs> it, it should be, but allegedly. We, yeah, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> exactly. So he's already retired once and come back on us. Um, so maybe he's feeling good. Uh, the Dolphins here, eight and a half. I am absolutely, I'm hammering the over here. I I have faith in the boys. I don't believe they're an eight and nine team. I think they the defense alone. The defense alone is an 8-9 and nine team based on last year. The Chargers and the Dolphins finished with the same record last year, and the difference was the defense. The Dolphins had an amazing defense that won them a couple games and kept them in some games. The Chargers' defense uh, totally let them down, and the offense is what you know, single-handedly won them some games and kept them in games. So they were the the same team on different sides of the field last year, and I definitely have the Dolphins over eight wins. I looking at this final roster today uh the coaching everything over eight and a half for sure so i i take the dolphins at nine or ten yeah i've got the dolphins over as well they you know like like we talked about i slipped them into the wild card yeah so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win more than eight games in the afc to make the wild card for me so i've got them over for sure and with that we'll go to Minnesota with ten and a half. The under is heavily, heavily favored here by Vegas. Here it's bad odds if you're betting the under because so many people believe it will be. And I can I can kind of understand why Vegas put that number so high. Uh, like we've talked about on the pod a few times, right? They weren't a bad team last year. They were in a lot of close ones and dealt with a lot of injury. Uh, they only got better this offseason. Zadarius Smith, like you brought up, their draft class was they they did a great job on. Uh, you know, fixing some holes in the defense there. New offensive coach who's passing game, all the receivers are raving about liking ten times more uh than their previous. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'll go against Vegas on this one. Or against I guess the popular bet. I maybe the Vikings do squeeze out eleven. Who knows? It could be a surprise. It could be a huge surprise. So I'll take it. Why not? I'll take it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go under just because Eleven is a lot of wins for me, yeah. but they will be a very good team this year. I think if they stay healthy. Um, but uh, I don't know about eleven right now for me. Fair. And we'll go into the two two of the news here. We'll go New England and New Orleans. Actually, both at eight and a half. Uh, I'm actually going to take the under for New England and the over for New Orleans. I think New Orleans could squeak out nine in in that division, definitely, Uh, especially if Jameis stays healthy. He did play well last year when healthy. So, yeah, I'm going to say under New England, over New Orleans. What do you think? Uh, I'm definitely over New Orleans. It's hard for me to say under for a Belichick Patriots team. True. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I'm gonna have to go under because the Dolphins and Bills are gonna be so good that it's it's gonna be really hard for them to find the other wins. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And AFC East has to play. Uh, I think they all play the Packers this year, which that'll be a, a tough game for sure. I believe they all play the Bengals as well. Bengals, Ravens, AFC North. So they play the AFC North and uh, NFC North. So they've got Vikings, Packers on the schedule, and they've got the whole AFC North on the schedule, which uh, yeah. yeah, definitely could serve you some win- or some losses if you're not ready for it. So yeah. uh, then that being said, we'll go into both of the New York teams. Both of them uh, at 7.5. The under 
being favored for both the Jets more so than the Giants. I think I'll have to to go with the crowd on this one and say under on both. I I don't see much that I like it on either of the New York teams, at least not this year. I think it'll still require some building around. Yeah, um, I would be more optimistic about more optimistic about the Jets' future. Sure. And the Giants winning this year just because of the divisions that they're in. But I don't think either team is going to hit the over, so I would be on the unders as well. Okay. Sounds good. And then we got Philadelphia at nine and a half. Uh, that's a hard number. I really I really have them at, at nine, but I think I will... I think I'll look at their division and say they definitely have the strength to get at least four or five wins just from within the division here. And I think they could definitely squeak out five or six wins outside it as well. So I'll, I'll give Philly the 10 here. I'll give them the over nine and a half. I'm going to go under for like for just a nine. Yep. A nine, a nine and eight season is respectable. It's a good season. And it, I think in this division, it gets you in the playoffs, but Compared to all the other teams, it's I just don't see that this team making getting ten wins. And like having the Vikings, I wouldn't have the Vikings getting double digit wins. I think the Vikings are a better team than the Eagles. So mm. it I can't say that the Eagles are gonna win ten games. Yeah. I like that. That's good reasoning there. So We'll go to Pittsburgh, and I, I won't even ask you the over-under question here. I'll just I'm gonna ask you, does Mike Tomlin have his first losing season, or do they squeak out a nine and eight? They're going to squeak out 9-8. and eight. They'll be in the hunt the whole year. But they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I just don't yeah. see how... Not in the AFC at 9-8, and how, eight, yeah. Like, and, like, the, there's not going to be a whole lot of drop-off in quarterback play, I don't think, because Big Ben wasn't setting the world on fire. Agreed. <laughs> but we haven't... There's not a whole lot that we know about Mr. Bisky, about Kenny Pickett, and can be confident that they're like this guy's gonna go light up the world. This guy's gonna be go rookie of the year. We're gonna get MVP Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, the MVP. Not the playoffs, but you're not gonna want to go to Pittsburgh and play a football game. Not when it's cold and rainy and windy, and the defense is getting after you, and George Pickens is pancaking your corner on every single run play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I can't believe he he got away with that twice in the preseason. That's just a, that's just inexcusable. George Pickens just absolutely throwing corners on their back in a preseason game. <laughs> I'm excited to see that run blocking in the regular season, and uh, maybe he does it against Jalen Ramsey, and they get into it. That'd be a fun a fun altercation to watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, to. to Two very uh, ag- aggressive guys out there. That'd be funny if we got to see them match up. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I I think I'd agree with you. I can't I can't say Mike Tomlin's gonna have his first losing season. I've thought the thought so many times. Like, man, my hot take of the year could be Tomlin has his first losing season. But man, it's hard. Tomlin Tomlin is so under the radar as a head coach just because of the lack of Super Bowl presence over the last couple of years. But he he is he is a first ballot Hall of Fame head coach. Not even a question about it. Z- zero yeah. zero hesitation. Like he he's he's phenomenal. So I, I like Tomlin a lot here. 
And uh, we'll go to the West Coast now with San Fran and Seattle. Uh, San Fran at 10. I'm going to go under because I'm not too high on the Trey Lance hype. What are you, are, yeah, I know you're high on the Trey Lance hype, but are you going to lay the 11 number or you think 10's right on? No. Yeah, no A nice under on the, on the 10 there. Or, or right on. So, Seattle we have at five and a half. Five and a half for Seattle. I, I got to go under. I think Seattle's the worst team in the league. And uh, we'll, stick, we'll stick under there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, then Tampa, we got 11 and a half. I think both of us will take the over here. We both had them as our one seed, right, in the NFC. So, yeah. I'm absolutely fine with... Uh, with Tampa over 11 and a half here. And then to close it out, we've got Tennessee and Washington. Tennessee I th- will probably differ. Well, I don't know. I I think nine is the number for Tennessee, and they don't make the playoffs with it because the AFC is just so crazy. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll go the under here just to stay consistent with, with mine, and I know you may you may take the, the over or I guess just right on here, right? Yeah, I, I would like to be able to say that nine wins is their number. I, I guess I'll go over just because – why not? Yeah, sure. Because I, I think <laughs> sure. Maybe they maybe they win ten games in that division, make the wild card, and and make something happen. Maybe that the, the Derrick Henry running over everybody, the defense just suffocating you. Yep, it can it can be the answer. Um, but I don't love it. I don't love it at all. That's fair. That's fair. Tennessee will be a team to watch. That's for sure because they were the one seed in the AFC last year. But I don't think anybody really took them too seriously. Uh, it, you know, even with the Monday night win they had over the Buffalo last year, when Henry had three touch, was just running Buffalo over. Uh, I think it was very the common consensus that Buffalo and the Chiefs were still the two best teams of the AFC, regardless of how the seeding played out. So, yeah, Tennessee's a, a tough team to to watch here, and we'll see. They still got Tannehill back there. Maybe Malik Willis makes an appearance midseason. Uh, we'll definitely see on that one. Uh, but Tennessee, for me, massive question mark. I wouldn't touch this bet over, under, sideways, you know, spinning around in a circle. Wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Would not touch it. Uh, and we'll close out with our nation's capital, the Commanders in D.C. Uh, it's seven and a half. And I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you have the first word on the Commanders. What do you think it's seven and a half? I think that's a really tough number they, they've laid out there. Um... I'm going to go under. I'm going to say that they're going to be a 7 and 10 team. But they could they could win 8 games. Uh, it obviously depends oh, it's so hard. on on how the schedule breaks down. Um but I'm going to go under just just to be safe. Okay. I I'm under if Carson Wentz is the quarterback for all eight, 17 weeks that they play football. If Carson Wentz is the quarterback, he he will I believe lose them as many games as he does win them, if not a little more on the lose side. Uh, if you know you get some Sam Howell or Heineke in there, God, their quarterback room is just so so difficult for me because I have a, 
I definitely believe in their defense. I love their def- they have the best defensive line in football in my opinion like uh, as a whole. I, we we know Aaron Donald's definitely number 1, but uh as a whole unit, I believe their their defensive line is the best. Chase Young will be out the first 4 weeks of the season. So, they'll be missing him there, but you know what? I'll, I'll give them the over. I'll give them eight wins here. I think that defense is good enough to get them eight wins uh, on its back, similar to uh, the Dolphins' defense last year. So I I will give them the eight, especially because they have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuels back from injury, and they got Jahan Dotson, uh, mine and Bob's boy from Penn State. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I think they have the potential. They, the potential is there. Their quarterback room just frustrates me because <laughs> they're paying Carson yeah. so much. <laughs> Oh, but crazy. So, yeah, that's all. All the over-unders for the seasons. We'll definitely be looking back as, as we go here uh, when we get to January, and, and I'm sure we'll be laughing about it this episode, but I think we have some, some pretty based takes here, some pretty good <laughs> good thought process through each team. Yeah. And uh, with that, Colin, thank you for joining and filling in for Bob here. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah. It was a a bear of an episode but uh, you know it's we're getting into week one now so after this it's no more speculation and all what we see on the field so it's going to be exciting to get into the season as we go here um and it would be unjust to end without one this or that here so i'll give you a a this or that scenario colin would you rather would you rather have Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles at your bachelor party? <laughs> Nick Foles. Nick Foles, and I'm not thinking twice about him. Love it. I, I love it. That, that I just – Mitch Trubisky doesn't give me the good vibes, personally. <laughs> okay, fair. I, I feel like Nick Foles is a guy that you could you could really be friends with. You could be like like – guys being dudes that's nick Foles. oh yeah I, i'd do it just to to get drunk with them and hear him talk us through you know the the whole playoff run the super bowl run they had against the patriots oh, yeah. i yeah give <laughs> give nick Foles whatever he wants just talk me through that that whole season uh just dude to dude that that would be awesome it <laughs> would be a good yeah. time for sure yeah. <laughs> well perfect well did, did you did you have a this or that as well or you want to close it off there i, I do oh beautiful i, do I love it. it's prepared um, it's it's gonna be uh, week eighteen. Okay, you're down by two points. You're about midfield. Yeah, like you get one play left. It's fourth down. All right, all right. Um, the game's on the line. You've got a hail mary to Calvin Johnson, oh. or you got. Justin Tucker kicking a seventy-yard field goal. Damn! Both I thought to win that, the game. Oh, I thought that was going to be easier. If Let's you choose the field goal, I will, will allow you to kick it at mile. Oh. That's so tough. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna take. I I re- I really want to throw it up to Calvin Johnson. Mm, I really want to throw it up to Calvin Johnson, but I can't. I I have to trust Justin Tucker. He he's the best. He's the best. He's just the best kicker out there. We saw him hit what a 66 yarder last year. 
Uh, tack four or more yards onto that. I will absolutely take Justin Tucker to to close it out there. I I, I love him. He's I love a kicker. We love a good kicker. So something something you don't see too often nowadays, but it's definitely getting better. So with that, Colin, always a pleasure. I know we had some some internet issues this episode, but that's no problem. <laughs> I took. Uh, did you hear me yeah. take Justin Tucker? You, uh, did you? <laughs> that's it's. Yeah. Calvin Johnson is so yeah. tempting, though. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's so. Calvin Johnson. Like, talk about a triple. T- the the birth of the triple team. You know, like that's he. <laughs> that was, I was, and he would still win it. So, yeah, I I, I love. Love that on a good end. We'll be seeing more uh, of you for sure this season, Colin, and uh, appreciate you filling in for Bob here as as he's on his busy week. And uh, we will catch you guys all next episode. Thanks for hanging through. Everybody have a great day.